it's going to be a wild ride. So buckle yourselves in. Hello and welcome to Stramash, the Scottish NFL podcast. This is episode 229. The NFL schedule has landed. We know who's coming to London. We know who's going to Germany. And we're going to talk about it. To do that this evening, we've got Gordon McGuinness, who's absolutely full of the cold. We've got Ian Stephen, who's sitting in front of his sunbed. And we've got Charles Patterson, who's uh, currently putting another sport on his lapel breast there. Damn right. We're not going to go into details. Fixing sports wherever I go. Absolutely. <laughs> let's fix, fix the NFL. <laughs> let's not talk about fixing sports. It's a touchy subject. So, right. Um, well, that would involve betting talk. We're not allowed to do that on this podcast. <laughs> exactly. So, gentlemen, let's start off, first of all, with the London games, because we've had those announced. We got them early, ahead of the, the release of the full schedule, which happened yesterday as we record this or in the wee hours of this morning for us but we've got three games three weeks in a row as the Falcons play at the Jacksonville Jaguars at Wembley the Jacksonville Jaguars hang around in London and play at the Bills at Spurs the following week and then David Ajabo comes home and we can't wait to see him as the Baltimore Ravens play the Tennessee Titans first of all initial thoughts on those games Good games. Good games. Actually, do you know, the Jags are in a great position because they're going to be able to hang around for, what, 10 days in, in London? And if you're a Buffalo Bills fan, your team is coming. First of all, they're losing a home game. Um, and then they're having to come across the five time zones to play a team that's already been here a week. Uh, when if, you're you Bills, say- you're, if you're the Bills, you're pissed. I and think. when you say losing a home game, you mean giving up a home game, not yes. necessarily losing yeah. it. Yeah, well, you know what I mean, though. I mean, the the the, the who the, the big hoo-ha last year with Green Bay coming over from the local support was the fact that they're giving up their ninth game. Now, the whole point of the ninth game is that you could take it on the road as far as the NFL are concerned. But from a Buffalo perspective, it's a unique one and an awkward one for them because they're facing a team that has already been in London for a week and is therefore acclimatised. Now, fair enough, they're moving across town to play at a different venue but that's hard on the Bills I think and the Jags if they continue the momentum from last year I think I mean they've been here so often that they're pretty familiar with the place it's good I think they're good games I think they're all good games the Jags yeah the Jags are well versed and actually I think it's a let's be honest the the Falcons we've talked about that there's some good things there right Um, but Derek Ritter is going to be coming into town Derek Desmond Desmond Derek's his brother. We God. we need we need to start a, a stopwatch. <laughs> we need a new every 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 episode. We just start a little counter and we see how far into it we go before Cameron mispronounces <laughs> or misnames someone. There's going there's going to have to be a separate um, podcast set up. <laughs> it's a theme the, now. All the names I, that have been mispronounced over the years. A lot of what happens with me is that I am. Um, I'm not very good at doing two things at the same time. And as we do this podcast, I tend to have a web page open where I'm reading to make sure there's, you know, news and stories and stuff like that going on. And there's a Derek Carr thing. So that's where that came from. I'm reading a Derek Carr thing. So mm. Desmond becomes Derek. So you're, you're, you're telling me that I'm you easily led all this information lodged at the front of your brain, like just there to pluck. You, you know, it's not naturally coming to you. You actually read the information off a screen. I read the I'm information off a screen. You, I'm this- not. I'm not fully choned in with the full 32 NFL teams telepathically just yet. We're working on it. Maybe next season. Um, however, a fan, honestly, Desmond Ridder comes to town. That Falcons team is uh, a team that's going to be on the up, whether they're there or not this year, who knows, but it, it certainly feels winnable for the Jacksonville Jacks um, who are well versed at coming to, to Wembley. They know what they're doing and that'll give them confidence going into that game against the Bills. And that is two postseason teams that are going head to head in the AFC. That um, the the Jaguars Falcons game that that's Wembley, isn't it? Yes. That so Wembley has a habit of getting chewed up quite a bit, and that really does suit what Atlanta are set up to do. They run the ball really well. They're set up to block really well. They've just spent the eighth overall pick in a running back. Like 
it it would be quite funny to have the Jaguars come out of that and they go one and one and the one they win is against the AFC contender Bills and the one they mm. lose is against the team that might not even make the playoffs in the weak NFC Falcons. I th- I think the the Falcons are going to be off season uh, favorites by many people. I mean, everyone hyped up is hyping up the Detroit Lions. We'll get to them in a minute, but. The Falcons have all the makings of quite a decent team, certainly offensively. I think their defense has got got issues, but I, I, th- I think it'll be a really good game. And you can see you can see Atlanta scoring a lot of points in a lot of games this year, assuming that uh, Derek Ridder does the business at various points. I do think as well, like fans in the UK of this is this is probably the strongest set of games, which mm. that was probably always going to happen when the Jaguars or if the Jaguars ever. Got kind of good. Got good. Yeah. So that now, but you get, so you get the Jaguars playing twice, which look, you know, maybe there is a lean towards something in the future where it's four games a season, or maybe they are trying to get to the point where they could have it as a team that are here for a full season. And then you get Ravens Titans, which like they hate each other. Like I, I do, it's really interesting that the NFL has taken that game away. And I think the NFL's done this in general with the um, games they've moved this year. Ravens-Titans is a game that a load of Ravens fans would have had that circled as a great road trip to go to Nashville. A load of Titans fans would have loved that game to be in Tennessee because you can create a really hostile environment. And then Chiefs-Dolphins in Frankfurt. Like, that's Tyreek mm. Hill going back to Arrowhead. That's Revenge game. Really high-powered offences. Like, that. that's a, a really strong game. So the NFL have... Have done well by um, European fans this year, I think. So yeah, I mean the Dolphins Chiefs is an absolute cracker. Colts Patriots, though. I mean, it's you can't the, have it all. The Patriots are the most vanilla franchise in the league at the but, moment. But they're probably because... they're probably the most supported franchise in Europe. Yeah, right. Yeah. So there's, there's there's no there isn't anything glamorous about New England at the moment. But the Colts, if you've got yeah. Richardson playing at quarterback. Yeah. Potential box office right there. So yeah. So I overall, mean, there's five an attraction for everything. Five really good right. games. Yeah. Um. Very good. Gordon's getting to see your Ravens. Um. First, first time they've ever played in London. I'm really excited. <laughs> you know, wait, wait a long time. Wait a long time to see them. They've definitely, definitely never done it before. Uh, I would have remember. I would have remembered that if they'd done it before. Um. I'm looking forward to it because I didn't get a goal last last time because, like, at that point in my career, I was someone who was, like, grading games and stuff during them, whereas now I get to be an arsehole manager um, where other people do a lot of the hard work. So uh, I think I'll probably actually get the opportunity to go as long as I can do a little bit of work. Um, there and back, I'll be, I'll be all right. So hopefully, hopefully find myself there. Would hold the record for the biggest receiving end of a blowout in the UK but were it for the St. Louis Rams of 2012 that lost 45-7 to the Patriots. That singular point the difference. So a record that's it. Who knows, eh? They're not in the record book for that. You could get away with it almost. Except almost. that I was there and I saw all of it and it was uh, it was great. It felt like for me the the point where the Jags kind of came full circle from what they first came over as. You know, the first game that I went to with the Jacksonville Jags, the 49ers game in 2013, where they got beat 40-10. You go into the following year, it was a bit closer, about 31-17 against the Cowboys, and really they weren't in the game. They beat the Bills the following year by three points in what was an absolutely scintillating game. And then they absolutely, well, they beat the Colts by three, and then they beat the Ravens by a bucket load, and it was... That that was that was the Jaguars team that went to the AFC Championship, wasn't it? Twenty seventeen. Yeah. 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 Yep. That that team getting to the AFC Championship with Blake Bortles at quarterback is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just felt that they'd And they should have won that game as well. They yeah. should have they should have won that game, absolutely. But let's not pick up scabs of the old and let's move on. Um Ian, anything that you want to add? Will you be going to any of the games this year, do you think? Um, I'm not sure about going to any of the games, but I think a couple of things are quite interesting as perhaps the games in Europe might kickstart 
quarterback revolutions because the Colts have got their bye week after playing the Patriots, and will that be the Patriots game be the kind of instigator for Richardson coming in at quarterback for the Colts, and then also for the Titans, their bye weeks after they play the Ravens, and will that be the kind of the, the time when the hierarchy in Tennessee decide to move on from Tannehill and take a look at Will Levis, their second round draft pick in this year's draft? And it'll be exciting for us to see David Ojabo. I mean, if it is Tannehill's end, we might see David Ajabo put him on his butt for the I, for the most point. I think I think he's going to be really good this year. The um, one I think he was really good in college. Anyway, uh, the little bit we saw of him last year, there were some really good flashes. Uh, and the Ravens have made a position coach change this year, outside linebacker, and it's a guy who's I, I don't right. I think he's got like a fancy nickname, but he's apparently this like pass rush move specialist who's really good at coaching coaching players up. Um, so like him getting that at a young point in his career, I think has the potential to be to be big. Certainly good to see him in training sessions already. Um, obviously, at this point last year, he was resting up and recuperating. I, excited to see what he could do. You look back to 2022 as well. Tannehill wasn't sacked that much, kind of middle of the pack, but... Not particularly mobile quarterback. That offensive line was decent, but that and that um, offensive line is bad. Yeah. Like I think that's the worst offensive line in the NFL right now. The now, yeah. not last season, but because of the pieces they've lost. Or yeah, and, and like they're big. So Skoronsky, I really like. I think they probably play him at guard. He might be the only player on that offensive line I would be comfortable starting in the NFL. Uh, Andre Dillard's the guy, their big free agent signing, and Ian knows all about him from Philadelphia. First round pick who never quite worked out. He's only played like seven hundred or so snaps in four years in the NFL, and they gave him a pretty big contract for a guy who hasn't really proven he can be a, a left tackle at this point. But then the other two guys in the interior of, the, of their offensive line are not good, so they are at, at, they are set up to be a pretty. Pretty poor place for a rookie to play if they do go from Tannehill to Levis rel- relatively early on. He's probably going to find himself under pressure quite a bit. Yeah, indeed. Right, into the actual schedule then that was released, like I say, in the early hours of this morning. Opening game, the Detroit Lions <laughs> at the Kansas City Chiefs. Will you be getting up at 1.20 a.m. to watch this bad boy live? I mean, I Not will. Not a cat's chance in hell. <laughs> I will, but me and Charles have very similar opinions. Not a lion's chance slash cat's <laughs> chance that they have a chance. The, They're going to get mauled. I, I just... Here's, here, I'll tell you why, all right? I love the, the, the hype around the Lions. I've always said I feel sorry for the Lions and Lions fans. And they are on paper potential NFC North winners. But Dan Campbell is now in his third season, and the last two years they've started 0 and 10 and 1 and 6. There is not that much of a likelihood that they're going to start fast this season, even though they're probably better than the last two years. But there's and a Kansas couple City of... always come out the traps flying every year. Do you remember the year that they went up to um to Boston and whacked New England when New yeah. England had won the Super Bowl? There's absolutely no doubt in my mind Kansas City are going to win that game by 30 points going away. I, like I do think, I think the early line is something like seven and a half points, and closer at the time, I reckon I'll probably bet fourteen more for the Chiefs. It's, <laughs> I and, and that's not savage. So, I, I, but I'm not like I'm not trying to be a dick with that. It's I I think the Lions very likely will be a playoff team this year. I think the fight, like I think I, I think there's a lot of parts about them that are quite fun. Everyone everyone points to the last time Jared Goff and Mahomes played against each other. At least I think it was the last time they played. Well, that 51-50 yeah. shootout yeah. at the Coliseum. And, yes. and Ben Johnson, uh, the Lions offensive coordinator, did a really good job with them last year. But, again, I hate... I don't even hate to do it because I think I'm right, so I'm all right coming across badly on this. Jared, Jared Goff's just not that good. 
So, like, you shouldn't go into this game with the opinion of, like, oh, we're going to get a Jared Goff, Patrick Mahomes shootout. Because you should say those words in succession and realise, even though we saw it with the Rams, it sounds ridiculous for this game. So the Lions' defence is going to really struggle to slow down that Chiefs' offence. And that's going to force the Lions to have to score a lot of points in that game. And you, I just don't think you want Jared Goff to be forced with a situation where he has to drop back and throw the ball a lot. The Detroit Lions are currently the favourites to win the NFC in 2018. NFC which, North, which North, makes sense. North, North, which, and which the, makes sense. Yeah. Like that's, and they wouldn't be, if Aaron Rodgers was still in Green Bay, then they wouldn't be the favourites. The Packers would be. I think but, that's quite disrespectful to Minnesota, if you ask me, but there we go. Uh, Minnesota are have the same odds as the Bears. Uh, the Packers, the Packers are second favorites. See, I can't. Oh, I that, get... that is disrespectful to the Vikings. I think the Vikings. Well, <laughs> fair enough. The Vikings won what ten one score games, so you would imagine that the odds, the law of averages, are going to flip slightly. But I mean, the division is, I would say, is wide open. I, I think you can make a case for all four teams potentially to certainly get a wild card berth. I, I think you make a case for all of them to win the division. Yeah. Right. The Vikings. It's, it's not, it can't all be won and lost in a quarterback. Just if Geno Smith can get to the playoffs with Seattle and if Jared Goff can just about get to the playoffs, then losing a quarterback or having a guy who's just middle of the road uh, in Kirk Cousins and Green Bay losing a quarterback and then potentially having somebody who nobody knows anything about in Jordan Love, I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference one way or another for all these teams. There's there is a much of a muchness. It's probably the tightest division of, out of the eight. And I, that does not that does not hide the fact that the Lions are getting spanked on week one. So I wonder <laughs> if the Vikings' odds being there is the difference between. So they play the first place schedule, whereas the Lions don't. Mm. And at that point, that means if you weren't already scheduled to, you have to play the Eagles. If you weren't already scheduled to, you have to play the Forty ers who really are like the two front runners in the conference at this point in time. Based on last year, definitely. Yeah. But. And based on like odds and stuff like that. I know that Dallas as well are going to be so, but the Vikings odds are, I might bet Wild. the Vikings to win that. Without, without looking any further, Gordon, although I think we'll ask you this last because I think he's looking at the odds. Uh, there are currently three teams, only three teams that are odds on to win their divisions next year. Who are those three teams? Are you asking me or are you asking All of you. First? Uh, and if you've City. seen the odds, if you've yes. seen the odds, don't say, but... The Chiefs, the, Chiefs, the yeah. Eagles, yeah. and... No? I don't, I don't. Well, certainly the ones I'm looking at right now, the Eagles are not. The Eagles are not. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Wow. I mean... <laughs> yeah, the, no. the last the last one I've seen is kind of wild. <laughs> yeah, like, quarterback situation would make me okay. All right, tell me then, not the Niners. Yeah, see, we can get onto that in due course. I have uh, many and things some to talk about that conversation. But um, so San Francisco, um, Kansas City. Who's the third team? Bills. Got to be any AFC team. Not the Bills. Jacksonville. The London-bound Jacksonville Jaguars are odds-on to win their division. Because the rest of the division is well. toilet. Yeah, and they're all going to be under rookie quarterbacks uh, with teams that are in the rebuild. I know that Tennessee isn't, uh, that Tannehill will start the season, but at some point during that season, they're going to move into Levis. Um, so, yeah. So we're getting anyway, sidetracked here. The Lions are not going here. to beat Kansas City in Kansas City on Thursday night in week one. It's not happening. So... <laughs> we move on we move on Great. to the rest of the games anything standing out for any of you early doors in that week one uh, Battle of Ohio will be good Packers uh, at Bears is always fun oh, for a week one oh, I'm not sure stuck. that's going to be a particularly pretty game to be honest I don't think it'll be pretty but it's fun like just it's, glad uh, it's not in prime it's, time thank it's god fun. thank god yes and it's not fun if you're a Bears fan generally but then the owner has left the building. So um, it'll be interesting. I think it's tough for Green Bay to be actually, and for, for Jordan Love to be on the road to, in the first two weeks. Having said that, it might be a blessing in disguise because if he's absolute garbage, then he's not going to, they're not going to be hurling cheese heads at him 
<laughs> don't have to. They don't have to play there at home until week three. So, um, what well, was um, Miami Los Angeles week one? That's a belter. That's good, and I think the other two primetime games are good. Cowboys Giants. Okay, it's a little bit like the two divisional games for Sunday night and Monday night. Cowboys Giants Bills Jets. It's a bit cliched, but I think they'll be good. They'll be good Bills Jets. Yeah. Bills Jets. It's, it's just so wrong thinking that that'll be a really interesting game, but it will be. It will be. It'll be fascinating. Um, off the off the three late games, the the later two the interesting ones. The Cowboys at the Giants. Um, it's you know, so let's talk about where I've Niners are at the Steelers. That's a tough place to go. Mike Tomlin always will win at least half the games the season. Uh, who knows who's going to be quarterback that week? So interesting one. Ian Eagles at Patriots. Quite happy to if you got to go anywhere, go up there with the Patriots as they are at the moment. Um, I don't know if you could ever be happy going into play a Bill Belichick team when he's had nine months to prepare for you coming, essentially. Um, it seems like a bit of a kind of trap game, I think, uh, to be honest. You're going to have to start fast, I think, if you if you go up there. You know, you, you get teams that at the start of the season are not well prepared, they make lots of silly mistakes, they get formations wrong, too many players in the field, that kind of stuff. That doesn't happen with the Patriots. You're not going to get any of those soft penalties going your way so it's a tough game to start with the one thing we always see in week one is defences are catching up the whole time and there are some bizarre results so you know there will be a team that's favoured that will get absolutely snookered in week one and they'll get stung by somebody so there'll be a couple of surprise results out there um I think Green Bay are ripe to get knocked off in week one in Chicago, personally. I think that's absolutely happening. And I would say, actually, I would pick the Steelers. If you put that in the pick six now, I'd pick the Steelers week one. Because we yeah, don't know who's going to be the quarterback. Yeah, I I honestly don't know how many games this season I would pick the Steelers to lose at home. Like, they're they're set up relatively well. Unless, unless we get five weeks into the season and Kenny Pickett's terrible. Like I, I don't even or Najee that. Harris is injured. Like I that, feel like Najee Harris makes no difference to that offense. I don't think. Do you not think so? I think he's an important no. asset for them. I, I don't. I don't think. Is he even a good running back? Uh, he's an output, and I think that the rest of the room isn't as capable as he is. So I think he's important because of that and because of the way they play. Yeah. A lot of the times, the conditions up there as well will lean towards because I feel like that turf is always getting ripped up as well. It's September. Yeah. Don't blame should, the turf. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but and, it, and it's week one, so it should be all yeah, right. Yeah. But also, that 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 kind of game would lend itself well to the 49ers, I think. Because they're gonna run the ball as well. Steelers linebackers aren't good, so if that turns into like a kind of round and pound game, I think the 49ers would be all right. Mm. Could be a difficult start to Trey Lance uh, season number three. Um into week two. Vikings. Travel to Philadelphia then. So you go from playing the Patriots to coming up against the Vikings. Um, which of those two do you think is the tougher contest, Ian? I think probably the Vikings. Um, but again, you don't know until the season starts, you know, what kind of team you've got, do you? So it's, it's kind of, you, you'll speculate. But Vikings are consistently shown that they've been an excellent franchise the last four or five years. So is this the year when they're going to slip and the rest of the NFC North are going to overtake them? Hopefully. In week two, they're rubbish. But <laughs> that's just his biased opinion. Um, tasty tie then of the six o'clock kickoffs is Ravens at Bengals, I think. Mm. They just they just don't like each other now at all. Um, Do the Ravens like any? Well, yeah, no, I was just going to say that. You, seem you to just said that they hate the Titans. They don't like the Bengals. They obviously hate the Steelers. Who else do you not like? Don't let them boom yeah. well. And there's like so four. Do, do you like anyone, or are you just a miserable city? Well, they they played. I mean, one. I'm pretty sure Baltimore is a miserable. Hate city. the Colts as well. Yeah, if you're not seen the uh, wire, I wonder, if you're I not seen the wire, Charles. Baltimore is not a nice city. I wonder. I wonder why they possibly could hate the Colts. That's like asking why the Browns hate the Ravens. Um, <laughs> but like week one, they play the Texans. I don't have any 
ill will towards the Texans. But the Texans that, are nobody cares about the Texans. That's what, completely you, you different. Asked, you asked if there was anyone they like. Anyway, that this is like the new. Everyone rivalry. likes the Texans because you can beat them with thirty points. Well, hopefully, this is <laughs> this is the new rivalry in the AFC North because they've battled out the last couple of seasons. Well, like three years, it's been kind of between the two of them. Uh, or last two at least anyway, Bengals have come out on top, but the games between them have been really chippy. All three games last year were really close. The second, or in fact, the, the second one wasn't, but the the playoff game should not have been a close game. That's the game the Bengals should have walked by 14 plus points, and they didn't because it turned into a chippy, you know, horrible type of game. And Mike McDonald, the Ravens' defensive coordinator, has slowed down Joe Burrow the last couple of times. Into the later games of the week two, I think. Surprised that Jets at Cowboys isn't Sunday night football and instead they've opted for Dolphins at Patriots. So I wonder, because is it not true that some of the networks can protect games? Because Jets-Cowboys feels like the type of one that Fox would absolutely protect. In fact, no, technically that that should be CBS, I think, because it's uh, the Jets of the road team. I don't know. But it is a CBS game. That's a Nance. That's a Nance Romo game. Oh there you oh, go. Jim. <laughs> um <laughs> and then we move into the 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 first grumble I'm going to have about the schedule is just, just why uh, which, why 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 is this happening <laughs> why <laughs> does anyone want to watch same Panthers on Monday Night Football yeah no, 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 no not even so what, does so I think what they've done there is they've done this weird thing where it used to be there was always two games on the opening Monday of Week One right but they were back to back. Now what they're doing is two games on the second Monday, but they overlap each other. And is that because they went, ah, shit, we've been given Saints-Panthers, ah, fuck it, just put the Brown Steelers on at the same time for most of it. People will be bored by an hour into that one. Just flip over and you'll I, get I don't really understand tasty. why. I don't understand why they've done that the last couple of years, whereby no. it's a doubleheader, but it's not really a doubleheader. There's, you can watch the first quarter and then it overlaps. Like, it's weird. Yeah, I, I, I don't understand it. It's just... There's an opportunity well, to feel like something Bryce a Young. bit earlier. <laughs> yeah. And if you like Bryce Young. I mean, and listen, I mean, Desmond Carr. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the thing. There are actually, there's everywhere you look, there's a story really yeah. at the moment. There is a decent, there, there is barely a franchise that has not got something juicy that's just happened or is about to happen or hasn't got some kind of controversy out there. Funnily enough, the Browns have not been making any uh, headway in the news at all this year for once. So they're actually quite a dull team running into this season. I think that'll be quite a good game, though. Like, mm. I, I, the, their, their games always are, again, teams that don't like each other. It's chippy. You know, I know it's not, I don't think we're going to get anyone swinging helmets, but, you know, the, the Steelers have the chance to be a bit of a surprise team the Browns need to improve quite a bit. I think that'll be a good game. One of the things that has kind of broken in the news, we're coming back to that Monday night football, uh, is the fact that they're talking about the fact that the NFL can use flexible scheduling now to go from a Sunday afternoon to a Monday. Thoughts on that, guys? Ian? The the issue with that is that there's so many fans that travel and they have to book far ahead. So it's, uh, You've not just have fans traveling within the United uh, within the United States, and you do have to travel a fair whack in the United States. But you also have fans that will come over from Europe or further abroad um, to watch the games, and by flexing it from the Sunday into Monday, they could end up missing the game entirely if their flight back is on the Monday. So it, it might be a case of if you're an international fan or you're a long distance American fan, you need to book your flight back out on the Tuesday to ensure that you won't suffer from that at all. I mean, you can understand movement from a, a, a 
late afternoon kickoff into the the evening kickoff, um, because it, it's still the same day. But move it into a separate day after the fixtures have been released in the start of May, and you then move a game in late December. That's it's not very fan friendly at all. Maybe no. maybe this is a controversial opinion, but the rule change they made that means that there's not an upper limit on um, prime time games now. Which is why the Jets, Cowboys, Bills, and someone else, I think, um, are playing six primetime games this year. I, I don't think there really is a need for a flexible schedule anymore. Like, okay, you know, you you'll still wind up with a couple of games that you know you're not you're not going to love as the season wears on, but just schedule good teams in prime time if that's what you want to do like you've taken away that limit so you can do that you then don't need it and then the other big problem that's going to come from this is that the last time they took a vote on it they were two owners away from being able to flex into Thursday night football and that's going to lead to player safety issues I think Coming back to the schedule we had the two games overlapping each other in week two we've also got it in week three Mm. which actually I've only just realized <laughs> this has completely passed me by until this very moment as I'm sitting looking at it. And, and actually crap games as well. Yeah, well, I mean... On paper. Uh, on paper, potentially one-sided. But um, it's just... I don't, I don't understand what the driver is behind this one. It just is a weird... I don't know. Like I feel like the wind in Monday Night Football has been long gone. Um, it's, it's part of the issue around this. Perhaps the fact that we now have, um, especially those three weeks, those first three weeks of the season, and bear in mind, obviously, that you know, then teams start taking buys. There are other things going on in the world of sport on a Saturday and a Sunday through the course of September, and I do wonder whether or not there are other things that are affecting the schedule, which maybe have. They cannot be just trying to front end primetime games in week three. That doesn't make sense. I just wonder whether or not logistically it makes life easier to have an extra game on a Monday night as opposed to having one on a Sunday. It's, it seems bizarre to me. I mean, after the buys are all finished in week 15, you have a full schedule every week. So there's no no reason why one of those games wouldn't be like a six o'clock or a one o'clock game on a Sunday. So there must there must be logistics reasons behind it. So it's not because anyone wants to watch the Rams get horsed by the Bengals, which they will do. <laughs> the whole of week four to be, uh, sorry, week three at the moment, there's not really any ties in any of that for me that stand out as stellar games. Am I am I wrong with my... You mean you don't want to watch the Titans-Browns matchup, for goodness sake? Like, the best the best game, as things stand right now, is probably the Chargers at Vikings. Possibly Saints at Pac... Uh, I don't know. Like, Ugh. it's... That's like Jordan if I'm picking, debut. Yeah, if I'm well. picking Saints at Packers as being one of, games, one of the games of the week, it's that's a weird, lackluster week three, as things stand right now. The problem is you're making up that decision based on last year's... Teams, You're last right. year's rosters, last year's coaching staff. We always do this, and that's and the problem. You can't do that. This year going forward, I mean, you're laughing. It might be the Titans that make it all the way to the Super Bowl. Will Levis might be the second coming of Dan Marino. We don't know. Um, and it might end up, if you look back in retrospect, those might end up being some of the most fantastic games of the season. That's the good thing about the first four to five weeks. doesn't matter what game's on. You're going to watch it because you don't know if the team you're watching is rubbish or not yet. You're still yeah. finding that out for yourself. Once you get to week 16, you know exactly who the lame ducks are and you, you probably um, fast forward past the results. But for the first initial bedding in of the, the NFL season, every game is is wondrous and you... you Diligently tune in to watch Derek Ritter quarterback the the Atlanta Falcons. Um, <laughs> you're still, on. There's still you're those kind on. of there's still those stories as well. There's still the novelty. The novelty of seeing Aaron Rodgers in a, a Jets uniform. The novelty of seeing Bijan Robinson play in the NFL. You've not seen this before, yeah. so part of it is 
exciting. But the the issue is when you're looking at like the Monday night games, those are the fickle fans. Those are the fans that kind of tune in just because it's like a Monday night game. And as a result, the advertisers for those games are reliant on people tuning in and watching. And if they don't have that initial name appeal, then you could understand why they wouldn't watch and then the bump from the advertisers, they complain to the league. So the Eagles being one of those teams of that Monday night football game is um, a driver hoping that a kind of Super Bowl team from last year is there. People will tune in. They might hope people might forget that Brady's not with the Buccaneers anymore, and they might tune in hoping to watch him. Um, same with the Rams. The Rams might still have enough of a, a shine with fairweather fans to produce some level of interest. For I'll, I'll also think you should work in marketing, Ian. By the way, you I know he sold the league to no one who's ever watched it before. I think I I've, sorry, go Gordon. I, I was. I think that could actually be an alright game. Like. The, so, a lot of the assumptions. Oh, the Rams that, against the Boston Bobcats. Yes, the Boston Bobcats. Because uh, <laughs> if Matthew Stafford c- comes back and is healthy, I don't know the Rams are going to be as bad as everyone thinks. So, that's where that game could be good. And then to Ian's earlier point, Broncos Dolphins. The, the, the reason we are looking at that and not being excited is 100% because of what happened last season with Russell Wilson. If I told you, if, if, Nathaniel Hackett had never happened and this game was last year and it was Sean Payton coaching Russell Wilson with Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Marvin Mims, the guy out of Oklahoma they got in the third round of the draft against that Dolphins offense. You would you'd be looking at that saying, why isn't that the primetime game this week? Why isn't that one of one of those games? So on paper, we probably need we probably should assume that there's a reasonable chance the Broncos are better than they were last year because Sean Payton's a better head coach than Nathaniel Hackett is, surely. So I, I think that could be a really good game. I, I'm going to play both sides here. I think Atlanta-Detroit is probably quite a good game in that slate as well. You're you're bang on. And you know what? Ian, thank you for dragging us out of what was a absolute doom scrolling. It was, in essence, what we were doing there. I think it's, I don't know, I partly feel so far away from this right now. These games seem still so far away. I know when we get round to sitting down in August and doing our hype about all the divisions, I'm going to be pumped for every single one of these games and excited to see what's going to happen. Come so... You're pumped every single night of the week, you daft pegging bastard. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, Lions and Packers to start week four. Keep That's that in. Good... I don't care what Gordon complains about. Keep that in. <laughs> Let's put the that, e. Just that, that, one, that one's fine. That yeah, one's fine. That's e. just. <laughs> so lions and Packers. Lions and Packers. Um, will you actually get? Will you actually beat them this season, Charles? <laughs> oh dear! Gotta give someone a chance. Well, that's it. We say that we, you know, you say you feel sorry for a franchise for years and years of complete ineptitude. And yeah, then, they achieved, they achieved yeah. so much in it last year that they obviously made the playoffs. Years and years of ineptitude, or as it is known in Wisconsin, the Green Bay Packers draft strategy. Or the Green Bay Packers <laughs> social media strategy. <laughs> <laughs> um, about 10 years behind. The, then we get into the Falcons at Jags. Now, one thing I'm going to talk about here is the renewal for tickets for that uh, came out today. Um, so I have my single game season ticket or single game tickets from last year went into renew the price per ticket has increased from 147 to 168 pounds in a year which is quite a big jump um uh, being, that's your 10 percent inflation right there yeah on on two tickets you're paying nearly 40 pounds in admin fees which is just a bit much. Do we think we're starting to get to the point that this is going to push people away from the game? Again, because well, on paper, Falcons you, at Jags I'll, is not that sexy. Let's let's um, let's go back to the marketing question again. Will it sell out? Yes. yes. So ultimately, if it sells out, sells out, then it's worth the money. That's unfortunately for the pleb. And I say that as we are all plebs here. That's the way it rolls. That's how sports business works. 
It's not for nothing that the NFL makes more money than any league on the planet, and that includes the Premier League. So, my single ticket is about fifty percent of a heart season ticket. Yeah, uh, but then this is this is the th- we and uh, let's just take a step back here and look at where we're at here in Scotland now. I've worked. I was fortunate enough to work in in sport in Scotland for for nearly twenty years, um, and dealing with you know things like this for quite a while. We are very lucky in Scotland to see high quality sport at affordable prices compared to much of the rest of the world. I'll tell you that right now, because England is a different kettle of fish. It's a different planet. America is the same, um, also- and, it's, and it's going and it's going that way around the world at high level sport. So here's an interesting way to look at those um, those prices. So on one hand, I think, yes, uh, they are realistically more expensive than they should be, and they're too expensive. But if you th- so if you think about it for someone in Scotland traveling down for the game, you've already factored in your travel and your hotel. So like the percentage increase in that probably isn't a whole lot. Like it's still like the over the overall cost of going to a game for an awful lot of people is like a holiday. Mm. Um, so and it's a treat. This is why this yeah. idea that there should be a franchise, I I'm totally against it. In as much as it should be a treat, it should be seen as a a kind of one off or two times a year proper highlight reel. That I, game. I do think though this speaks to the bigger issue whereby, and you're right here. In a lot of ways, we are quite spoiled with that stuff. But in general, a lot of sport has become like the everyday working person's priced out. Mm, yeah. I mean, Roy Keane coined it 20-odd years ago when he called the Man United the Prod Sandwich Brigade. That's the way that it was going in those days, you know, towards this upper-end market. If you look, at, if you want to go watch England against Australia cricket in the ashes this year, you're paying over 100 quid for a day. And it might rain the whole day. <laughs> if you want to go and watch the Open Golf Championship, it's 110 quid for the day. So if you want to go watch England play rugby at Twickenham or Scotland play rugby at Murrayfield in the Six Nations, it's more than £100. That is where pricing at the highest level of sport has gone. Now, you go watch Scotland play at Hampden Park against Spain, I think. We just had yep. there in March. My, my Scotland season ticket this quick. Year. That was what, 150 quid for five games or something like that. That is incredible. You're going to watch Scotland hump Spain 2-0. That's Scot- Scot- Scotland, Spain, Scotland, England, uh, Scotland, Norway with Erwin Cyprus. Allen yeah. down. Georgia. Cyprus, and Cyprus, Cyprus and Georgia are sold out. You can't uh, yeah, get a ticket to go Because the team are doing well and because people realise it's good value for money. This yeah. is why, with the greatest respect to every listener out there who would disagree with me, I really pull my hair out when I hear football fans in Scotland moaning about ticket prices. Honestly, they, you don't know how lucky you are. You really don't. Well, a, it's, a season ticket Arsenal is 1,500 quid. It's, it's because, so like, there's different, there's different levels to it. Like, the, so the idea here that, you know, you used to be able to go and take your kids. I see a lot of people use this mm. and I don't have kids, so I don't know how true this is, but I'm going to, I'm going to trust people. Oh, you do have kids, Gordon. <laughs> You're just not going to admit it. <laughs> That sounded vaguely threatening until he said there's, that. There's, there's a posse. No, it's not as threatening as his ex, his ex who's, who, who's currently looking after those kids. No, there's a posse of little children with beards in Campbelltown running around Tesco's with trolleys just scrambled everywhere because nobody's there anymore employed by Tesco's to collect all the trolleys. Anyway, I, I used to, I, I worked in Tesco for eight years, so it's quite incredible that, well, I'm... I say quite incredible. I probably told you that, and you've stored it as information to use against me at this. Yeah, point. it's called a memory, Gordon. You get to remember things in conversation with people, not like you, but all conversations just about me, and you don't think about anyone else. You <laughs> selfish bastard. <laughs> One thing that's actually quite interesting is potentially with the two games that have moved to Germany, have the NFL tweaked the prices? In London, knowing there will be higher demand, there's not five games or four games in London, there's only three now, so people might be more willing to pay those prices, and it's going to be an existential kind of 
marketing test of how much can we get away with in London because the only way they'll ever move a franchise to London is if they're going to make a hell of a lot of money off of it and if there's a a kind of line where people won't go above to, to purchase tickets if there's any hint whatsoever there won't be a sellout at Wembley then that would put the kibosh and the, the idea of having the London Jaguars uh, permanently the London, I mean, London's the richest city in Europe. There's more money swishing around London than there is anywhere else in on the continent. And there's enough people with enough corporate connections there. The banking sector, it's it's a day out. This is the whole this is the whole aspect of I, I what do, constitutes so- a top level sporting event for a lot of people. A lot most people now at that level, it's a it's a corporate day out. They don't actually care. I also so, so, sounds so terribly cynical though. I I understand why the NFL prices things. So I think two things, three things are true. One, I understand why the NFL prices things as they do because they can, and if they can, then they will. I understand why everyone uh, generally is upset against that because it just makes their lives a little bit more difficult. And I think anytime that happens, you're always going to feel a bit aggrieved. And I also think the way they price it and who it prices out probably contributes to the fact that the atmosphere at the London Games I don't think is ever as good as it could be. It always feels just a little bit flat. And then if you're on social media, if you're on Instagram reels or stuff like that after the game, you see a lot of kind of celebrities and influencers who've gone to the games and they've had their... They're the people that leave it three quarters in to go to some after party that some agencies organised and stuff like that. So I... The NFL does it because they know they can continue to sell out. The only way that they'll change the pricing structures is if they stop being able to sell tickets easily. Um, and that's probably not going to be the case. But Here, here's here's a question. And that's one for Cameron, as who's had the season ticket for many, many years. How much would you say is a fair price for a single ticket to go and watch a, an NFL regular season game? Well, it depends on where you're sitting. Um, I, I think that the, the challenge here as well is it depends on the game. Nah, you there's, can't do that. You can't pick the game because there's shit games but, and there's good games. You pay yeah, for it. but... It's like, it's like saying... So the SRU, they they ch- change their prices in the Six Nations depending on who you're playing against. Ultimately, yeah. it's the same competition. Yep. It's a, the SRU changes the price. They, they do that they, in football as well because it's Celtic yeah. Rangers, it's band A, everybody else is band B and C. Now, to me, it's the same competition. You can't pick. You can't pick in April or May whether Atlanta are going to be better than that's, Buffalo. That's more about demand, though, as well. I think that that's the sort of thing that would come in if you weren't selling out. I would imagine some of that happens in NFL as well. Yeah, in America, what, not in the UK. What, what would um, what would constitute a, a fair price for you? So for the seat that I've got, which is at the front of the middle tier at Wembley, behind the sticks, I think I, at a hundred and twenty pounds, I'm. Not thinking about it, and I'm like, yeah, fine, 120 quid, great. Um, and it's now this year, what? 168. So that's three burgers and a couple of pints. I, and and for me, the tipping point is, and you would eat three burgers and a couple over of a, pints. over 150 quid, over 150 quid, and I'm like, oh god. I, I, and actually, I'm now at the point where much. it's 200 pound away almost from going to hospitality, uh, yeah. and part of me is thinking, I can easily go through the hospitality. But you don't and, want to do that because then you'd meet Paul. You do have to sit with Paul, and it's yeah. I mean, and bang on about how good his Coke Zero is because it's free. What's free the, of sugar and of price? What, <laughs> what is the what's the cheapest ticket available? Fucking taste as well, by the way. Right, what the cheapest ticket? I don't know because I'm on a re uh, so, renewal, cause, so cause, I can't see. Because I think the the fair way to do it would be to have at least a small number of tickets, like maybe four or five thousand that are 50 quid and less so that, you know, you do have the opportunity for people to go. And again, the other yeah, problem with this... Well, yeah, here's the... We're going to say the same thing. Ticket, ticket touts yeah. are going to fucking buy yeah. those 50 quid tickets yeah. and then sell them for market yeah, yeah, places. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a whole other thing that they have to fix. Yes, yes, to, yes. I don't, I don't like... I, and a lot of the times as well, what, what really bugs me with these tickets is that 168 quid for the ticket, That that's the ticket. And then you get... Shipping fees and handling fees. So that, that includes the fees. I'll be honest, okay. that does include so, the fees. So so that, yeah, because th- those are the ones. I had, a, I had a ticket ordered recently, and there was two separate charges for shipping and handling. <laughs> one, one of mine was the ticket. Uh, so in this one, there's one that's a ticket admin, 
fee. And then there's a £2 digital delay fee. I don't even know what the what fuck the that, that is. I don't know. So th- they're basically going to keep it on their database. So I'm paying for fucking £2. So my email and my ticket can sit on their database for six months. <laughs> Send it to me now, you pricks, and I'll just fucking keep my two quid. Here's F- the other off. question. I'd be intrigued to see what the prices are like for Germany. Um, so that's, I just, yeah, that's a good point because like, I, I would guess high because they they sold well. That's true. Yeah. But they also they sold out like instantly, instantly. Yeah. So you're not going to necessarily get a ticket there, but I wonder whether the prices are the same as London. I would my hedge. I'd hedge my bets that they're cheaper, given that the way in which Germany operates. If you look at German football, it's incredibly affordable. Do you know, it so will be German sport generally. You don't have to pay that much to get in in Germany. It, it is ultimately like it all does come back to greed, though, right? Like, yeah, it's supply and demand, though, and it'll sell out in London. Well, yeah, but that's why right, if you keep it at three games, it's okay. Su- supply and demand in some aspects is supply and demand. There is here's what we have available, and here's all that stuff. A lot of times, supply and demand is the fancy term for oh, we can actually make three times as much if we charge this amount of money. So, I I would like them to look at ways that they can try and make it so that parts of the stadium are more affordable, all those sorts of things, because it just... The car park. (laughs) Do you know what? In in 10 years' time, you'll be paying to get into the car park, which is what they do at fan zones. Yeah. I I just think it'd be good to try... You would would improve the atmosphere. Um, But the, the, the... Or like what Gordon was saying about the cost of trip, etc., Get your calculator out, especially at this time of year when it's further away and prices are cheaper, and work out how much it would cost you to go to London and work out how much it would cost you to go to New York or to Miami. And if it's £100 difference, £200 difference, take the plunge and go go to a game in the States because it's a completely different atmosphere than what you get at London. Um, and I would fully... I would fully endorse it. Yeah. And you'll probably find as well, like a lot of fans over here will have made friends with fans in America and stuff like that. So there's ways that you get cheaper access to tailgates. There's ways that you get face value tickets and all that stuff. Because you can get, there are games in America for bad teams that you'll get for like $40. Well, commanders will pay you to go to one of their games. Yeah, but this parts of the stadium are going to fall apart and you might fall onto the field. <laughs> warning, warning, you may fall on top of a Pro, pro Bowl quarterback and could be sued. We've got so slightly we, waylaid here. To be we've, we have, and we've only got to week four. So I think that, you know, we've been falling on for a while. There's no way we're getting through them all. But that feels like, you know, we've got those first couple of games in play. Um uh, and there's there is a lot to look forward to, and I think that Ian is right. I think that this is the time where we wipe the slate clean. This is the time where we see what's in front of us, and this is the time when we look forward to everything. We can look forward to the Cardinals versus the Commanders because it could be exciting and relevant. Because the Commanders could win the division, as could the Cardinals, as could the Texans, as could anybody. If um, you if you listen really closely right now. You can hear the sound of Paul Mitchell rubbing his hands together with glee at the radio commentators he's going to get to listen to while he watches the game on the TV. (laughs) (laughs) You absolutely can. Uh, Any other news or breaking stories then before we wrap up this one? There is one final schedule note that I just want to bring up. And I'm going to preface this by saying, I don't know this is definitely true, but I really hope it is for just absolute banter reasons. So this was a tweet from Ari Mirov, who works for the 33rd team. And it was an interesting note from Mike North, who is the NFL schedule maker, one of them. And he apparently said that the Bengals volunteered to play on Black Friday every year. So that's the new game they've added for Dolphins uh, Jets this season. Day after Thanksgiving in America, which is like a big shopping day, although not officially officially holiday. So the Bengals basically said, like, we'll be your your lions or cowboys for the Friday after Thanksgiving every single year. And the NFL went, cheers, guys, but we're all right. Thanks. And <laughs> get, given, as Charles has said, I do hate most teams, but the other three teams in the AFC North, I do hate the most. Uh 
I got great joy when I read that because something about the NFL just dropping them a wee thumbs up emoji but saying no thanks gave me a huge amount of glee. So Anderson. petty. So petty. <laughs> Can he reverse? I have to say, um, I, I took uh, great amusement on my lunch break looking through some of the uh, release videos, which were terrific. Some of them were absolutely So there's a there's terrible, something to end on. What was, your, what was your favorite? The one the Jacksonville Jaguars one was an act, it was actually a documentary. It was that good, essentially suggesting that the the writers script the entire league. Um absolutely mind-blowingly well thought out. Um, very, very creative. Um, some a lot of players doing some very good acting, and there's Zay Jones, extremely good, very impressed. Um, the Jerry Jones being Jerry Jones in the Cowboys one, um, in in an audition for Yellowstone, just taking it over and then handing the keys over to his uh, stagecoach wagon. That was quite good. But then, I think probably. The, the best one was probably the simplest one is the Titans one, which is just going to do the rest forever more. That's my favourite of the ones I've seen. And I've not seen them all because there's loads of them. There's, but there, some of them are terrible. Some of them are fun. terrible. I and mean, the Green Bay's one is appalling because they don't have any creativity and they're not allowed because they take themselves so seriously. The, the Ravens one's terrible as well. It's just, it? it's just Lamar Jackson just reading out who they're playing. That's like... <laughs> God. Well, in his car. <laughs> last, the last time he was appearing in, in, a, in a video. The, yeah. the New York Giants um, sending half their uh, special teams into an escape room was quite funny. I, like I also, so the Chargers, I feel like we probably hold the Chargers to too high a standard now yeah. that we don't really give them enough credit um, for it being another really good video. It was I just like, not as good as last year's. But so, but there's, there's, well, but I don't know that. It, well, yeah, maybe it was. There's wasn't, so many like nuances in it. It's there's so ridiculous. many, so many little subtleties with this one. So, the, on the Lions one, there's a thing about if you have a problem with gambling, call this number, and they had players <laughs> suspended for that. And on the, uh, on the Raiders one, it has like a bet and slip that prints out with a QR code. If you scan the QR code, it takes you to a website and asks you to to input. Uh, it's like four tickets and ask you to input um, what team you support, what team you're there for. And if you choose the Raiders, it sends you to a job website or like a Google page for looking for a job, like how to get a job. Like that's just, that. that is, that's like Scot- Scottish lower league, uh, English lower league level of just shitting on your opposing fans type of banter. I am all for it. It's the one time the NFL really lets loose with his banter and everybody loves it. And I wonder when they're going to catch on that people love this sort of content, this sort of noising each other up you, is you've remember, excellent. You've got to remember that the NFL are allowing teams to do this because they are the ones that control it at the end of the day. They wouldn't, they, they wouldn't sign it off. And I mean, ultimately you can't let a franchise um, you can't let a franchise take down another franchise because you're all part owners of the, of the whole setup. So it, it is the one thing they've obviously realised they're onto a good thing, but it's a hype video in May. That's all it is, really. Yeah, we now have we now have like five months of tedium waiting for something else to happen in NFL land. We now have darkness that are about to envelope us. We're all going to wallow in misery and dreams that Brock Purdy may actually be starting caliber quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> what did the Niners do, Cameron? Uh, I, I actually Nothing. haven't seen it yet. Haven't what? seen it yet. So I didn't look at that one. I, I'm working through them. I like to go through them in a certain order. I will get to that one. So um, typically nothing that exciting, I'll be honest. the It's a bit... It's a bit California safe. If overall. another one actually to watch, if you watch the Carolina Panthers one, it's very clever. It's basically a, an audition for a show, it's, and they've done. There's a lot of very, very good thought go, has gone into it. Brian Burns in particular is uh, the star of the show. What one other note on this? Excellent. Uh, in terms of how good and and should be noted that I think most NFL social media managers. Like they all know and like each other because they all like talk and communicate about various different things they're doing. So, as part of the Titans one, 
someone called uh, the Atlanta Falcons, the Red Stallions, and then yep. the Roar. The Falcons Twitter username is now Red Stallions, which is great. <laughs> yes, I can't see uh, the Bengals, if they're that serious, changing their name to the Boston Bobcats. <laughs> it's great. Right. We've been prattling on for a while. It's time to stick a peg in it and end everything for episode 229 of Shamash. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this and every single episode. We'll be back again in a couple of weeks' time as we look forward to more of the summer chat that we'll have ahead of an exciting 2023 NFL season. Until then, though, bye for now. (laughs) 